Hello, and welcome to today's episode of How to Take a Break, the podcast. I am your host, P.M. Kester. Thank you so much for listening to yet another episode. I am just going to get right to it. We have a special guest. I want to introduce you all to Kiana Allen. And our episode today is How to Take a Break to Breathe. A little bit about Tiana. Tiana Allen is a wellnesspreneur, educator, consultant, and social justice advocate. I met her via her work with the Hey Lovely Retreat, but today we will focus on her work with the Wellness Sanctuary Incorporated. And really and truly, we're going to just let her give her latitude to go deep dive in whatever she wants to go about. But I'm just going to say, welcome to the podcast, Tiana. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to your listeners about our topic of discussion for tonight. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. And we're just going to jump right in it to question number one. Tiana, can you please share with the listeners your background in wellness and what led you here? Wow. Okay. So... (laughs) You want the long uh, part of the story or the short part of the story? <laughs> you can give us a summary. We might do an after hour to do a deep dive. <laughs> summary, Jesus wept. Amen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know, um, I started in Chicago. That's where I'm from, born and raised, West Side, what's up? Um, and this was something that was God ordained, you know, it was something that was meant for me to do, to be a healer, to be in the healing arts, um, to be a teacher, uh, to do these things, right? Because uh, this was something that was innately inside of me that I had no idea until I started to uh, get involved and go back to school and and learn certain things. You know, people nowadays, they say, well, college doesn't teach you anything, right? Right. But for me, I am the one who needed school. I needed to go to school because I needed to learn more about where I am today. Had I not gone to school, I would have not be the wellnesspreneur slash, you know, social justice person that I am today. So, you know, went back to school. And of course, you, you have to get training if you're trying to get some sort of certification and licensure. First of all, um, I'm a need for people to stop thinking that they can do everything based off of what somebody on YouTube said. Okay, you know, say it you, louder. You, yeah, <laughs> you, you can't, you can't, you're not an expert in everything, right? And there's no thing, such thing called YouTube University, right? It hates that then I'm gonna need to see their license as well, okay? So you have to go into training to get certain things, right? Uh, you have to, that's just no way to work around that. However, my um, educational background is very extensive. Once I started going back to school, cause I didn't want to in the beginning, <laughs> but right. once I started going back, in, back to school, I could not stop. Found out that I was a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad thing. <laughs> it's not 
a thing at all. Um, you know, you feel very awkward and always wanting to, you know, get this degree and that degree and learn all of this in the beginning. But as you grow into it, you know, as I sprouted into myself, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm a nerd. I love to learn. My clients ask me when they first come to the wellness sanctuary, they ask, they don't ask, what do you do? They ask, what don't you do? <laughs> okay. That right? is a good question to be asked though. Yeah, uh, you know, because superficially, you know, they see the wellness sanctuary, they just think it's just a massage studio, right? We do way more than that, right? Uh, and so when I start talking about my background and my education and, and everything else that I am able to do and my gift, you know, people are surprised. Wow, dang, Tiana, how many lives did you have? I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> But you know, so good though, because you have to you have to be multifaceted, and I think that people don't recognize that you can't just have one thing sometimes. But I digress. Continue on. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I'm a I'm a firm believer in in that too. Um, but I'm also a believer in staying in your lane when it comes mm-hmm. to your passion and what you're really chosen to do. Now, there's nothing wrong with you know getting into multiple things. Um, don't get me wrong because all this whole hashtag multiple streams of income is popular now. Right. Right. Um, but that creates people to overwork themselves, overload themselves, try it way too hard and try to meet some sort of, uh, false expectation. And, you know, I'm a need for people to really look into what that multiple streams of income really look like. I started applying called Creatively Successful. And that is where I teach people uh, entrepreneurship based off of my experience. And I have 16 years worth of it, right? (laughs) So I highlight the fact that it's definitely okay to have multiple streams of income, definitely okay to have a job and business, definitely okay to do whatever, you know, you feel like is comfortable uh, financially for you to get into. However, what's not okay is that you're dipping and dabbling in every sort of thing. You're not an octopus. You're a human <laughs> being, right? Right. That, you know, dabbling in every which way of things, right? Because I'm seeing people who, you know, are, um, I don't know, throwing something out there, a, I don't know, a chef or whatever, right? And now right. you want to get into uh, being a real estate agent. And then now you want to be an airline pilot. And then now you want to be an IT consultant. I mean, these are way different things that's kind of outside of what your original passion is, which is cooking, right? Right. So people fail to look into that one thing, hashtag do what you love, love what you do, right? And understanding how to create that one thing, uh, multiple streams of income out of that one thing, right? So there's so many ways and levels that you could, you know, pitch being a chef. And so that's what I I focus on at Creatively Successful, right? The fact that a lot of people just are tiring themselves out to get to some sort of manicured level that they may never be able to reach because they see somebody else doing it. Now, so in your work with the Wellness Sanctuary and your background in wellness and you dipping your toe into working with entrepreneurship, 
I can imagine it's these busy people or these people that are chasing all these things. These are some of the people that kind of resonate with something you posted about normalizing breathing as a healthy coping technique. Can you touch base on why it's so important to normalize breathing as a healthy coping technique? And maybe is there a certain subset of people that you find that need that advice and that guidance in that area more than others? Yeah, absolutely. I just feel like that uh, post was for everybody. Now, see, normally I tried that whole uh, posting pictures of other people on my platform and just doing a whole little sales thing. I'm just not that type of person, right? (laughs) At the Wellness Sanctuary, people come to talk to me and legit talk, right? We talk about so many things, right? Because it's all about healing in spirit, healing in mental, your mental capacity, healing in your heart, healing in your body, right? My social media posts are just more personable, right? Because more than anything, people want to, they come for me. You know, I tried hiring other people, like, we're not going to see that person because it's not you. (laughs) So uh, I bring that approach because, you know, I want to reach everybody. That wasn't just for a specific general audience. Because the people that I, I see at the Wellness Sanctuary, the people that I talk to as a crisis counselor, and the people that I, I assist in the entrepreneurship are all types of people. So yeah, that post was for everybody. Okay. So with that being said, why is it so important to normalize breathing as a healthy coping technique? It's important to normalize breathing because it uh, justifies the fact that you're human. All right. and secondly because a lot of people don't know how to breathe there's a lot of people walking around here that are walking zombies uh, and detached from themselves again chasing that the false expectation either that or just completely mentally unaware of themselves and we get a lot of that looking at the social media people right I think that a lot of people don't know how to properly breathe because of those things. They're detached from themselves. Right. I like your word that you said um, earlier. There, people are mentally unaware of themselves. I think that that's kind of huge. And I, I mean, how I am interpreting it based on what you were just saying is that, you know, right now it seems that we're so social, social media in influenced as a, as a whole right now and even more so probably because we've been quarantined that we're looking to see what Jim is doing what John is doing what Sandy is doing right and you know what are they eating how are they acting what is this you know people people have brands you know they are a brand and it's like you said it's not like these people are entrepreneurs they're all like they're characters in some type of play and they'll be hot today and gone tomorrow but I also think that's also a part of the people that are looking at these people and following these people, I feel are part of those mentally unaware people. They don't know their likes. They don't know their dislikes. They just know that what this person is doing is cool or okay. And they're kind of following around like cheap and they don't really, they're not even aware of what they like and what they need. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah. That makes a lot of sense uh, because it's kind of what. My training in uh, cognitive behavioral therapy uh, says 
It's accidental hypnosis. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that is the technical term. It's called accidental, accidental hypnosis. You're constantly watching something or a thing, um, and then now you're starting to believe that thing is fully true, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so these are, this is like the precursor and the mechanism for anxiety, right? Right. Um, now your your brain your brain um, gets the signal before your body does, right? Your brain tell your body what to do. So you're constantly putting this thing over and over again into your head, into your mind, uh, and then now you're thinking that it's true. Uh, and then now when you see whatever that thing is, you just subconsciously um, take it in. And then now you become a part of that thing, right? And somebody um, goes viral and says, eat a television remote. Eat all the numbers off the remote control, right? <laughs> uh, and, you, you know, and then somebody goes viral and does that. Guess how many kids and even adults is, are going to be doing that? Right. The numbers challenge or whatever, right? Yes. You saw the whole, the pod, what's it called? The downy pods. Oh, the Tide Pods. Yeah, the Tide Pods challenge where, <laughs> where people were eating those doggone things. Yes. Just because somebody did it on social media and it was a challenge, tell me that's not accidental hypnosis, okay? <laughs> it is something. <laughs> uh, that's ridiculous, right? And so that goes to show how gullible some people are and, you know, also the fact that, you know, they're just, they've manifested this, you know, into their brain waves, right? And then now their body is reacting, you know, headaches, insomnia, nausea, shortness of breath. All of these things are happening, you know, and, and for a woman, a woman, longer periods, cramps, or lack thereof, right? Um, right. Mood swings. All of these things, you know, are signs and symptoms of somebody, of somebody that has anxiety or, um, or is having some sort of panic disorder. And pe some people don't even recognize that. And that's a good segue into this next question, because you just mentioned a whole lot of stuff. You mentioned people missing periods and anger outbursts and mood shifts and things of that nature. So with all of this present, why do you think it's so hard for people to take a break for wellness? Yeah, so number one is the fact that people are stubborn. Okay, yes, all right. <laughs> <laughs> people are stubborn and they don't think that they need any type of help. The one thing that the most common question to, uh, uh, from one person to another is, are you okay? The most common answer is, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm cool, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you see that person bleeding out, right? You're just going to tap that person on the shoulder. You okay? Right? That's the wrong thing to say to somebody that you know is under a lot of stress or have expressed that in some sort of way. Don't ask them if they are okay. The best thing to do is to offer them a solution, right? If you cannot offer them a solution, leave them alone. Don't say nothing to them because you are no service to them. <laughs> so people 
get asked the question because we all do it, you know, hey, are you okay? The person says yes. And we go on about the business because we're really not looking to go any further than that anyway, kind of like you said. Or the person says no. I mean, my whole thing is why do you think people default to the lie instead of telling the truth? Like, you know, they're walking around and they know they're not okay, but they say yes anyway. I think it's uh, more of an emotional delay. A lot of times people are shocked that they're in shock, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? And secondly, people don't want to, a lot of people tell me that they don't, they don't want to be a burden to other people. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that if they say that they're not okay, then that other person must feel obligated to do something about it. And that may tear into their lives. Right. And then another thing is the fact that they think that they're going to be okay afterwards, right? I mean, somebody slice your finger off, uh, that's not okay. Right. It's my finger, bruh. <laughs> you know, and it's not okay. Um, but that person has this, this ideology of, oh, let's look at the bright side of everything. Right. And that's that whole manifesto of what we were taught as, as black uh, people to let it go or get over it. Right. And then some people have that tattooed on them to the fact that to the point where that's just that's their tagline. That's what they go with. My finger is cut off, but I'm going to get over it. Mm. I'll get over it. You know, I'm having this panic attack, but I'll get over it. Let me just go and lay down or, you know, let me revert back or let me deal with this panic and let me just let it pass. Let me move on. So let me continue to act like I'm strong. Yeah. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we look at all these these quotes and these taglines, you know, of, of people requesting us to be strong. You know, and people, you know, requesting of us to be ourselves and self-love and all of those things, right? And those are great to have quotes and taglines, but we look at those things very superficially, right? What does those things really mean, mm. right? And not only what do those things really mean, what do they really mean to you, right? Because everybody's going to have a different perception of it. Every time I do a Hey Lovely event, you know, I, I get the whole superficial thing. Yeah, I love myself because this, the money that I have or the outfit that I'm wearing or because I do a spa day once a month or whatever, right? Right. But to me, the, the definition of self-love is understanding your authentic self, right? You remember I said in the beginning that I realized that I was a nerd. <laughs> right. And it took me going back to school and, and continuously going to school for me to understand that. And also took me to understand that I didn't fit in anywhere. I don't fit in nowhere, right? You put me in a group of people, I'm going to stand out like a sore thumb, always. Uh, <laughs> and that's just who I am. Why do, why do I stand out like that? Why? Um, do I like to learn so much? Because I am who I am, right? right? I'm a nerd 
and I must have some sort of, you know, the energy, I don't know, the energy, the glow, <laughs> whatever, right? I have that, I have pure self-love, right? Because I am standing in my authentic self and I've understand and learned who that person is and genuinely okay with that. Like completely on my worst days, I'm pretty, right? That's true. <laughs> That's it. You know, <laughs> but th- th- it sounds simple coming out of my mouth, but the process to to that, to growth, to growing into it, that's not as easy, right? And I'm going to need f- people to stop making it seem like it's easy because it's not. No, growth is hard and it's not something you just poof and you awaken and like, you know, the next day you got it. You don't. It's a path. It's a journey especially when you're dealing with yourself and your emotions, you know, it's a journey to, to recognizing, you know, you said self-love is understanding, understanding your authentic self. It's a journey to understanding who that authentic self is. And a lot of times, again, like you said, we'll look on social media or we'll look at, we'll read someone's book and we just see the end result. We don't see the path that it took for them to get there. We want to rush the process. Yeah. And I'm going to need for people to stop rushing. Right. (laughs) Right. Because everybody is not an instant millionaire. Everybody is not an instant success. Can be, don't get me wrong. Um, but not everybody is, right? Right. Um, we're in a season of where everybody wants to be seen and heard. Look at me, look at me, look at what I can do, you know, sort of thing. Put me on your speaker panel. I want to be this, you know, Miss Miss USA universe, right? <laughs> Right. No, I want to be Miss USA Universe. No, I want to be. And it, it's just that whole competitive thing that everybody has that crabs in a barrel mentality where it's hard to, you know, even know who's authentic and genuine because everyone has some sort of agenda. Right. So, I mean, I think people should take a break and breathe from that. Right. <laughs> Stop trying to do life under a, an agenda. Stop trying to do life under some falsehood. Stop trying to do life under a lie. A lot of people don't want to be wrong. And they're so comfortable in their misconception and assumptions because they don't want to be proven wrong. Because if they're proven wrong, then honey bun, you're a liar. (laughs) Right? And nobody wants to be called a liar. This is true. Nobody wants to get caught. Right. But everybody's like, oh, speak your truth, living your truth, be authentic. And, and it's like, uh, you're a liar, too. <laughs> you know, because what does that really mean to you? You know, what is authenticity? If I ask if you sit 99 percent of the uh, people in the world in a room and ask them all that question, uh, I'll, I'll ask them all that one question. Who is your authentic self? you'll get 99.9% of liars. That's true. Well, with all these, you've already dropped so much wisdom and I'm sure you're going to cull from that. With all of you said, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned so far in your line of work? And how do you think it can apply to people in the audience? Um, man, there's so many lessons. <laughs> and I learned, I learned a lesson a day. let's talk about it let's talk about the most recent lesson maybe two or three lessons a day (laughs) what's the most recent lesson that you've learned that you think is applicable that people can kind of glean something from 
I think the most concurrent lesson that I'm continuously shown, even if I feel like I am doing right by myself, is stop giving a lot of people your light. Okay. And well, people are turning a lot to spirituality now because all the churches are closed, right? Right. Um, <laughs> uh, and so now everybody want to manifest something, right? Right. Um, and, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I look at some of these things and I hear about some people talking about, you know, getting into, um, you know, all this energy work and, and everything. But, you know, when I've been doing this for quite a long time and, you know, there's people out here who've been doing it for longer than me, those are my mentors, people who've been doing whatever I've been doing for longer, right, than me. Um, and, you know, I hear people talking about this and it's, it's so funny to me. It tickles me uh, to hear, you know, that their newfound definition of, of energy and how they, you know, recognize their lights, you know, all of this stuff, right? Or people don't, who don't even, even want to bother with those terms, right? Um, some people just look at me like I'm crazy when I talk about it, but I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I know what I know. Okay. <laughs> but that's one of the most concurrent ongoing lessons that I feel like um, I'm going to be have, having to be shown until I get it right. Not getting, giving a lot of people your light. Um, and then what does that mean? Right. <laughs> we will definitely have you back on for that one. All right, to talk about that. Uh, but. How to take a break to, to protect your light. Because, I mean, like you said, it is real. And I find, you know, it's a lesson that took me far too long to learn. And especially when I talk to other women, it's a lesson that, you know, as you get older, you start to be more aware about protecting your light, protecting your space, the people that come into your life. Because a lot of times, you know, you get a lot of energy vampires. And I used to, when I worked in mental health, I taught a group therapy session um, on givers and takers. And one thing about a giver is that they'll have 5 million takers come around them because that's who takers prey on. They prey on givers. The same thing with light, you know, dark people are going to always, people that are going through stuff are going to always prey on people that have this light around them. So, you know, how do we protect it? How do we, you know, when do we get to the point where we recognize, you know, those energy vampires, as you said, those people that seek to diminish our light. So definitely, I see you coming back for a sequel to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) The sequel, the sequel, the sequel. (laughs) Yeah. You know, this is why I I am, you know, I call myself Tiana the teacher, right? (laughs) you be teaching, you teaching, you out here teaching. <laughs> teaching these lessons, but you know. <laughs> Tiana, thank you for coming on. Can you tell everybody where we can find you on social media and other platforms? Yeah, so the Wellness Sanctuary is at the Wellness Sanctuary Inc. Um, and my personal page is Tiana the Teacher. And you can follow me on any of those things. I don't post very much on a personal platform. But follow the Wellness Sanctuary. Sometimes I give some, you know, wisdom nuggets. (laughs) The Wellness Sanctuary, Inc. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, definitely check her out on the Wilderness Sanctuary. That's how I found the awesome stuff that she posted about normalizing breathing. So definitely please check that out. And we will be back with the three breakaways. All right, and we are back with the three breakaways. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode and everything that Tiana was saying about normalizing breathing and some of the other, really she dug deep into like some mental wellness and overall health issues that go hand in hand with this topic. So I am going to jump into the three breakaways that I found in this episode, there are definitely many more that you will probably gravitate towards. So number one, people are mentally unaware of themselves. This was such a kicker. I want you to think back to health issues you've had in your life. Were there signs that led up to these health issues? Were you able to catch it or were you unaware of what was going on. But now after this medical crisis, medical issue has passed, you can sit down, you can take a break, probably take a break to breathe. And you think back to that time and you can see clearly the signs leading up to your health issues. You can see that there were signs like shortness of breath, when you were trying to exercise, loss of appetite, things are probably leading up to signs of you having heart problems signs of you having asthma? Did you notice that you were getting a lot of headaches? Uh, for women, did you notice cramps, signs of stress? That's what some of these things are. So many times we are so focused on the future and what everybody else is doing that we are mentally unaware of ourselves. We care about our kids. We care about our husbands. We care about our significant others. We're wrapped up into their lives. We're enmeshed in how they are feeling, what they are doing, that we tune out on becoming aware of ourselves. People are mentally unaware of themselves. Make sure you become aware of yourself. Breakaway number two. The most common question is, are you okay? The most common answer is yes. The breakaway I got from this is, are you being honest with the people in your life? So many times we revert to, I'm fine. It's okay. Everything is okay. Everything's fine. I don't need help. Are you being honest with yourself? And most importantly, the people in your life. A lot of times, and I have been through, especially in this pandemic, we don't know something is wrong until it is too late with the people in our lives. These are stressful times. People are committing suicide because we are stuck at home. We are panicking about the future and about what's going on. We have financial stressors. We have life stressors. Just stress upon stress. Take a break to breathe. Sit down, put 15 minutes on a timer, breathe, center yourself, take hold of what's going on inside your body, what's going on in your mind. And the next time a friend or a family member says, are you okay? Don't do the quick yes. Do the slow answer that is the truthful and honest answer. Finally, breakaway number three, stop giving a lot of people your light. 
Tiana went into this very beautifully. We give up a part of ourselves, especially as women, I believe, because we are caught up in just what's going on without us. And I mean, I think this goes hand in hand with what she was saying about not being uh, about being mentally unaware of yourself. I think sometimes we don't recognize how much power we have and we don't recognize that a lot of times we may have a lot of people depending on us and leaning on us because we have light and these people are energy suckers. These people are takers and we are a giver and they are sucking in energy suckers, giver, um, takers. They're all attracted to people that have a light about them. So I want you to, again, take a break, breathe, ask yourself some questions. Who all is hanging around with me? Are they giving more porn into me or am I constantly pouring into them? Do a check. You might have a lot of light that they're trying to take. Check about your mental awareness. Check about if you're being honest when people ask you questions. If you do these three breakaways, I think you are one step closer to becoming mentally aware and normalizing, taking a break to breathe. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please look in the show notes for more information on our guest today and more information to get in touch with me, your host, PM Kester, on the How to Take a Break podcast. And I want you to take a little time to take a break. Bye.